Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 36 of Conversations That Don't Suck. We have Sasha Raskin on the podcast today, and Sasha and I met through the magic of Facebook. It's slight sarcasm, but only slight because it is actually pretty incredible that like so many, so many of the people that have been on this podcast, most of them I have met just through the internet, through social media, through connections in the virtual world. So I'm really grateful to know Sasha and um, it's been beautiful to to have her in my world this year. And she tells a bit about the story of how we met, but um, Sasha runs a beautiful community called A Beautiful Mess. And we had a great conversation about mental health, mental health stigma, and yeah, just how to create a community that is focused around vulnerability, how to do it in a way where vulnerability in all of its different forms is appreciated. And I'm so grateful to be able to dive into some of those nuances with her. So thank you, Sasha, for doing this. It was so sweet to connect with you in this way. And before I get into the episode, I will... um Again, share some love for all of the people who have shared answers on the collective unknown. If you do not know about it, then a few weeks ago, I launched a new project. I launched an anonymous sharing platform where called uh, the collective unknown, where folks can share answers to a, a question that is posted every other week. And it's meant to inspire introspection and community building and uh, interconnectedness with all the other folks who are sharing their responses anonymously. So the link for that is going to be in the show notes, but you can answer this week's question. And also, so this episode is airing on October 12th um, and on October 15th, uh, this Thursday, there is the on the online gathering for the collective unknown every other Thursday there's an online gathering where one of the responses gets chosen and then we all come together and there are different connection practices communication exercises um, authentic authenticity and vulnerability exercises that are all based around that answer and also like discussion questions and things like that so it's an hour-long event it's it was super beautiful um two weeks ago it was really really sweet the first kickoff event so i'd love to see you there if you have questions about it you can reach out to me via my website um and yeah i'm so appreciative for everyone who has answered so far the answers for this week have been so so beautiful just really gorgeous gorgeous responses so i'm appreciative of y'all's vulnerability for diving in and for taking part in this project because it means a lot to me and y'all mean a lot to me i love you so much thank you for listening and uh, let's get into the episode with sasha We live in a world that is starved for more authentic connection. Better conversations are our first step in getting there. Welcome to Conversations That Don't Suck. I'm your host, Kyla Sokol Ward, and I'm here to engage you in truth-telling discussions about the super deep, always beautiful, sometimes ugly, and wholly honest parts of being a human. Real connection and empathic communication can feel easy and should be a part of our everyday lives. Most of our conversations suck. These ones don't. Sasha, hi. I'm so happy that we get to talk today. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. I feel like this has been a, a long time in the making. Like, when did we first connect to each other? I feel like it was start of COVID. It was, oh my gosh. You know what? I actually, I normally have a really terrible memory, but I know it is the <laughs> beginning of COVID because, um, yeah, I got really down like a lot of us right in the beginning. And then you were putting on an event. I think it was the first event I attended all COVID. And I was like mega angsty and like angry and bitchy Mm. and felt like I had no one who could like take that. And then I came to your space and 
people could take that and I felt a lot better so oh my gosh what an honor that I didn't know that part of the backstory that's great yeah Yeah. I remember it really vividly yeah so Uh, yes oh I fully welcome the angsty bitch yeah I've I've got my own (laughs) well then you and I will get along great yes (laughs) (laughs) oh right on cool well I would love if you would start us off and just say a bit about who you are and what your world is and would love to hear about some of the beginnings and origins of uh, of a beautiful mess and all of that whatever feels relevant for you to share yeah um so yeah I'm, I'm Sasha Raskin and I'm the founder of an organization called a beautiful mess and um basically we run events and talks and workshops mostly for corporate but outside of that too um to combat loneliness depression and mental health stigma and um, yeah, I started it for really personal reasons. I was a high functioning, high achieving suicidal depressive for most of my life. Um, I started college when I was 16. I graduated with honors from the top university. Um, I was an agent in Hollywood and even briefly ran a tech company and was pretty miserable throughout, but you probably never know. You know, I could totally do the song and dance like a lot of us can. Um, and then a few years ago, um, it culminated with, uh, I checked myself into a mental hospital. And when I did, I, I thought my life was over, that no one would want to love me or date me or marry me or even be my friend. Um, so yeah, it seemed really clear that, you know, if I want to have a normal life, no one can find out. And, um, and that's the moment that I decided I would tell everyone um, because I didn't want to lead a life of secrecy and shame. And I didn't want to perpetuate the stigma by keeping silent. Um, and yeah, so I just was like, I have to rip this bandaid off. Otherwise, I'm never going to do it. And uh, I just I still remember like how nauseous and just totally ill I felt. But I um, I was in an all voluntary unit and we had certain um, like privileges that not you don't always get in mental hospitals, but in this case, I had my computer. I wrote a note on Facebook to like a lot of people. I think it was over a hundred and I just told everyone. Um, yeah, or a lot of people. And then going forward, I, um, yeah, I said it at like parties, first dates, um, everywhere I went and the response was just remarkable. So many people had been through something similar, but were really going to great lengths to hide it and keep it a secret. And um, I thought that was crazy. And I wanted to create places where it's normalized to talk about everything, including um, some of the, how hard life can be sometimes. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, even as you're talking, I'm imagining like even the word mental hospital has just so many associate. I mean, yeah, even where my mind goes, it's like the shit you see in fictional TV of like people in straight jackets with like walls that are made of of padding. I mean, just like this fictional craziness and um and yeah, definitely not people who like, oh, we're working at Hollywood agencies and <laughs> having these lives that uh you know you sort of just paint this kind of strange reclusive crazy character and I'm curious like for you did you have any of that before before you decided to bring yourself into a space that is that is a mental hospital 
Did I have any of what exactly? Like, like, did you have any associations of like, oh, am I going to become one of these people or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, that's literally, that's the biggest driving force of me doing this because like I said, I thought my life was over. I was like, I'm officially crazy. I'm insane. Nobody's ever going to want to have anything to do with me. Um, yeah. And also I, I just thought that, yeah, it was some kind of like official alert that was like going out that was like, oh, she's a crazy bitch, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and it was, yeah, I just thought I would never have anything approaching normalcy ever again, that nobody would ever look at me the same, and um, I thought that I had passed into this sh- thresh, like, this next threshold where, you know, everything I had before, it's like, yeah, I had this really severe depression and anxiety, but it was, like, it was within a realm of, um, like, what I could I guess convinced myself and others was like normal. Um, but checking myself into the mental hospital felt like I'm no longer in that like acceptable threshold of, um, of mentally ill. I'm like officially, um, somebody that society doesn't want. Um, and it's, a it's, I, I'm, um, I talk about this a lot and I can talk about it really unemotionally. And I noticed even, even the beginning when you asked how we met feeling really emotional and I feel it right now. Um, it's, it's just horrible what we do to one another. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, I never wanted anyone to feel that way. Um, so yeah, it was was just a no brainer. Like this, we have to make this normal because it's, and like I said, I mean, I was talking to sharing my story. So many people, told me and they also said don't tell anyone else I've never told anyone um and it's kind of like what what the fuck (laughs) you know like why why bother building a world and a community if we can't actually share ourselves with one another it just seems totally pointless um I had all that stigma and and some of it's true I mean the mental hospital is also a scary place um have you have you ever like been or visited no I haven't Yeah, I think it's really tragic that, you know, because obviously if you're checking yourself into a mental hospital, you're in an incredibly like vulnerable um, place. And I think it's so many of our social norms and our infrastructure just kind of blows my mind. And the fact that we take somebody who's in such a fragile, delicate, um, yeah, vulnerable time of their life and we decide that a hospital is the right um, place for them. Um, even that it's just really rubs me the wrong way. It's like, and I, I have this, like, this is like double-edged sword where on the one hand, I'm really happy that we're talking about like mental health as just another aspect of health, um, and treating it as something seriously, just like if you broke a bone. But on the other hand, I think the downside is that we treat it, um, you know, we put somebody in, yeah, in a hospital where um, there's no touching allowed. Um, you know, I mean, we know that human touch is one of the most healing things ever. All I wanted when I was there was a hug and um, they can't interact with us. Um, some of the people who work there are great. Some of them, they treat you like you're a total piece of shit. <laughs> um, I remember there was one, um, one 
social worker there. A lot of them were wonderful. There was one that was incredibly toxic and really dismissive of us. And a lot of us experienced difficulty with her. When I tried to talk to the staff, they were incredibly invalidating and um, totally dehumanizing. Um, so yeah, you're, you're in this really fragile state and then you're, you're in a hospital and, and there's not a lot of warmth. There's not a lot of affection. Um, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of TLC, which is what you need most of. It's, it's just this bizarre thing. Mm. Yeah, gosh, I'm, I'm really struck by this, like what you said about, um, it's like great that we can have these conversations around mental health and it is becoming a lot less stigmatized. I think, especially because of social media and just people being able to share their stories and create these online communities. And it's, it's so great. And also I think because it's at its infancy of like, making its debut to the public world it being mental mental unwellness it's like it is seen as such a big deal and this like horrifying like oh my gosh this person struggled with suicidality it's like what, what have you seen these numbers of like people struggling with this it's so and those are you know just the people that are reporting it or getting help for it yeah it's it's just so wild like it is such a huge part of so many people's life experiences and it's just something that's uh has so many associations with it of like, oh, this person must have gone through this thing or they must be in the world in this certain type of way. Um, I'm curious for you, like, it, it's amazing to me also hearing your story and hearing that like the thing that made you most want to tell the whole world was the fact that you were afraid no one would ever love you again and you never have this like normal life, quote unquote. Do you like remember that? Maybe it wasn't a single instant or maybe it was, but like, do you remember that experience of like, here's my biggest fear and I'm going to do this huge scary thing anyway. It was weird um, because I think, um, I think a lot of what makes humans so fascinating and interesting and, and complex is just our ability to have paradox. Um, and so many things I are just simultaneously true. You can literally carry two things that are total opposites and care and body and carry them wholeheartedly. Um, I mean, just a simple one, like I believe so deeply in kindness. Um, and at the same time, I think that that's can be really bullshit and abused. And I believe in total fierceness. Um, mm. And I am, um, yeah, like vigilant in uh, not tolerating shit. And, um, and yeah, and it was just kind of a similar dynamic happening where it was just, overwhelmingly scary the idea of people knowing um but what was scarier was the idea that I would constantly have to like cover my tracks pretend that it didn't happen um I'm just a really open person in general um we talked about this a little bit before <laughs> there are some things like I believe in privacy like there are things that are just mine I don't owe anyone but in general I just I think sharing is one of the most powerful things we have and it just it was like, this is so scary, but the only thing scarier is that I could just be stuck alone with this. Yeah. Um, and I knew that if I was alone with it, it would just make my mental health issues worse. I mean, honestly, the biggest part of my healing has been opening up about it and creating these spaces because I'm just not, um, I'm not a prisoner to my past and to my experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like the thing that keeps you silent is your fear that people won't love you or or care about you or take you seriously or will dismiss you and so um 
But ironically, like doing this has created much more connection and intimacy. So yeah, it was it was really it's weird because it really was instantaneous. It was this like yeah. tug of like, oh my god, I really don't want to do this, and oh my gosh, like duh, of course I'm going to do this because the alternative is swallowing this huge part of my life and letting it kind of kill me slowly. Gosh, yeah, and I think like what you're speaking to of the of people not wanting to speak up about the things that feel the most vulnerable and scary in their world. It's like, you don't need to have experienced something like what you experienced to have that exact same thing and just like a different flavor. And I'm just thinking of like my, yeah, my own fears about just like reaching out for help here and there when it like, and something that's like on, on some scale, like so much smaller. And at the same time, like still eats away your fucking soul at the same level. And, um, and just how every single person is yeah, hiding these parts of themselves that they think, oh, this isn't lovable. This isn't attractive. This isn't professional, whatever it is. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And you and I, I mean, you and I are in like authentic relating worlds um, yeah. where this kind of stuff is. But it, you can watch. I mean, one person is all it takes to just totally change the dynamic in a space. Mm. Um I mean, you were talking about like on a smaller scale and what I'm describing, like most people have some kind of social anxiety Yeah. and you'll go to like an authentic relating event and somebody will name, Hey, I have anxiety about being here. And all of a sudden everyone else feels so much relief and they're like, Oh my God, me too. You know? Yeah. Um, And it's just so funny. Nobody wants to be that first person, but that first person is so powerful and they've just changed everything for everyone. Um, and that's another reason that I'm excited to be here and talk with you today, because I think that we we do this weird thing where, um, like, like I get it a lot now. People are like, wow, that's so amazing. You're doing this. Like, I, I have something like that, too. And but it's so cool that you're doing this. And like, I wasn't anointed by God. I wasn't <laughs> chosen like as president of the mental health club. I wasn't yeah. like all I did was like, I made a choice and I just started doing it. And every single person that I come into contact in anything that you've struggled with, you can be that catalyst in any space that you walk into. Like, I mean, I go into business events and I talk about this. Like I go, yeah. I run events for like venture capitalists and I talk about this and everyone just is, is so amazed. And they're like, wow, this is so great that you're doing this. And I'm like, this isn't like a special thing that I've been anointed for. Like literally Every single one of you has the power to change the dynamic of anywhere you are at any time. Mm. Um, and that's like probably one of the biggest things that I care about is like, yeah, the organization is about me. It's like empowering everyone to feel like they can, they can do this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that you said that. I think that's such a, it's such a weird thing with vulnerability that like you see one person say like, hey, I'm a human too. And somehow we put them, we still put them in this category of like, oh, but like they're human. That's so great. But they're also on some crazy pedestal that like I couldn't yes. possibly do the thing they're doing. And it's like, what did I just say? What did I just say? It said that I also have social anxiety or I have a mental illness or whatever it is. Um we create so much separation, even in spaces of such intimate connection. I'm so curious about like the start of A Beautiful Mess and what the amping up of that whole community was like. Oh, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was kind of an accident. Um, <laughs> I mean, not an accident, because I knew very much what I wanted to do. But the problem is that I, like a lot of us, and I'm sure, I'm sure like you, um, I just, a lot of my struggle has been interwoven with like very, very perfectionist tendencies. Um, I used to be just like really type A. Um, again, you know, like I started college really early, I went to a top university and like, um, it was just really important for me to like be good um, yes. and be perfect and inscrutable and all these things. And, um, and like for most of us, that's, if you want to ensure that you're in a rut and don't get anything accomplished, that's the number one way to get there <laughs> um, is to try to be really good at it, you know? Um, so yeah, I knew I wanted to do it and it was like there and I was like kind of like talking around it all the time and mm -hmm. I was sharing my story, but I wasn't really pulling the trigger. Um, I was also very scared to do it alone. I have a lot of like, um, I have a lot of like, like trauma around like being a misfit and feeling like people um yeah like I just don't fit in and that people um I remember I mean I remember years ago and this is like when I was still an agent trying to just do a little event at my house of like of eye gazing and, and no one showed up and I just had this debilitating fear that I would try something and no one would show up mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. Um, cause I remember that, that really broke my heart when it, when it happened, mm -hmm. um, more than anything else I'd ever done. Cause it was something I really cared about. Um, and so, yeah, and I, I, I went to an AR event at a friend's home and, um, the guy running it and I, we actually didn't really hit it off early. I, I was annoyed by how he ran it. I said that to the group. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, and that actually is what catalyzed our liking each other, is telling each other that we didn't really like each oh, other. Oh, yes, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, let's run an event together. Um, and we did it at my home, and just I had people packed into, like, every crevice of my home. So many people showed up, and we're like, okay, well, let's just do it again. And I, I had nothing other than just, like, running it and, so we did it again and the next time it was also packed and um, I ran it with him, but every single person when we went around the room and asked like, how'd you get here? They were, I think with the exception of one person, they were all there through me. Wow. And I was like, oh, like I can do this. Um, but I really like partnership. I really like collaboration. So I was really excited to continue with him. And we were all on this like trajectory to do that. And then, and then COVID happened. Um, and he didn't want to do things online anymore. And I was devastated. And I was like, oh, this is over. Like, just as of starting, it's over because I don't have a partner. Mm. Um, and I you know, can't do this alone. Mm. And um, and so, yeah, for actually a month or two, I, I didn't do anything. Um, and then I was kind of like, wow, am I, is this really, I'm just going to let this die? <laughs> Um, because when I started, I, I just felt from really early on that this was like my calling, my, like the reason I'm on this planet. And, mm. um, and so I was like, you know, here I am on the one hand being like, this is my calling on the other hand, it's like, who my, my partner can't do it. So it's over, you know, um, yeah. which is, it sounds funny, but I still like, 
yeah, I mean, I, I was really scared to do it alone. Um, but I just did it anyway. And, um, um, somebody actually ended up showing up and offering it to do it through their, um, through their platform. And so she's actually become another partner. Um, and yeah, I've been running it. And then, and then it wasn't like, it wasn't until like probably three or four months after I started or did that first event that I even began a website. Like I had nothing, like you could come to my event and be like, Oh my God, I loved it. I want to come back. How do I find out about more? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just had no infrastructure. And I think that's the best way it could have happened because I think that if I had been like, Oh, before I run my first event, let me have a website. Let me have, you know, an event space. Let me have like, I just never would have done it. You know, yeah. it just would have kept spiraling. And the, the amount of stuff I had to do before I started would have kept growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead I just, I threw spaghetti against a fucking wall and, um, some of it stuck and I was like, okay, I'm just going to work with this total slapdash way. And I think that's the best thing that anyone can do. And it actually inspired one of my workshops now is called, um, make ugly shit or make bad shit. I changed the title depending on my mood. Nah. Um, and it's, yeah. And it's called overcoming the obstacles of perfectionism. Because mm. um, I think a lot of times we don't create because we want it to be good. But if we just start creating, um, it will be good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more the less attached we are to caring about it, the more likely it is to go our way, which is ironic. Yeah. Mm. I'm curious if there were any like challenges starting a beautiful mess or, or maybe maintaining it over the course of this year in terms of, I don't know, people's responses. One thing that's coming up in my mind that I'm curious about that I've actually seen you post about, um, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm curious if this was an issue and that's why I've seen you post about it is like advice giving. If you're like, oh, like I'm having a bad day and people are like, oh, why don't you take a bubble bath or whatever kind of shit people say. Um, I'm curious. What's that? Gratitude list is always the list. Yeah. Oh, so great. Um, yeah. I'm curious, like, were there unexpected challenges, maybe something, a different question to ask, um, as you've continued this community? Yeah, there are so many, um, yeah, so many unexpected challenges. Um, I mean, so I go, yeah, going back to this first event that I did, um, this is like a great example. Um, the first event I did with this, with this guy in my home, when I asked him to do it, he was like, I'll do it with you, but I don't want to do any work. So I'll just like, I'll do it if it's like, I show up and, and like facilitate it with you. Cause I don't have time to. And I thought that was um, like, it sucked, but I was so desperate mm-hmm. <laughs> to like not have it just be me. That I was like, okay, like I'll yeah. do everything there. <gasps> Um, and so I planned everything and, and he showed up like, I think an hour before we were going to talk about what was like on the itinerary. And, um, he hated every single thing that I like had planned for it. Um, he hated all of it. And he was, he was trying hard to like repress that hatred and anger, but it was so obvious, especially as he and I, like our connection had been developing and we could read each other fairly, like sometimes better than we could ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like he was saying he was saying like okay and I was like you're saying okay but I don't feel like it's okay and he's like yeah you can see right through me yeah yeah um and so just going into my first event um I actually I don't really get nervous public speaking I feel really comfortable doing it for the most part um but like right before the event started I I cared about him so much and the fact that he like hated it it just oh my God, I felt like a failure. I felt like I disappointed him. I felt like, mm-hmm. um, I felt like he was like disgusted with me. I felt like embarrassed and ashamed of myself. And, um, and I hadn't really felt that in like a while. And so, yeah, like here I am, I'm about to start my first event and I have all this like, oh my God, I'm gross. Like I planned the worst event, like not exactly a great, <laughs> like a great mindset to yeah. host your first event from um and so I brought all that into the space um I you know we went around and did an initial check-in and I was like mine is I'm embarrassed um I feel a lot of shame mm. um and not in a like hey take care of me type of way um yeah. but just yeah this is this is here um and I'm gonna do it anyway and um um yeah and it was funny because I felt this tension and hostility from him throughout and mm. um when I talked to other people they were like oh I didn't notice I think it's all in your head you know and I talked to him afterwards he's like no I was there <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I mean that was like I, I mean I just wanted to crawl into a hole and die um, mm. that was my first one um mm. And then after my first, I also, I couldn't get out of bed for like two days after my first one. It uh, really drained me. So then I was like, wait, this thing that I thought was like my calling, is this actually like not my calling or, um, or I actually can't do it. I mean, yeah, uh, I could go on and on. There's so many surprises along the way. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like, because when I'm hearing you say that you're sharing like as a leader in this space, like, oh, I feel shame. I feel embarrassment for you. What is, what is like that fine line between being authentic as a leader in these spaces where like authenticity is highly valued or, okay, let me ask you a different question, actually. Like, do you think there is a such thing as oversharing in these types of spaces as a leader? Yeah, I think about that a lot. I, I think I do think there is such a thing as oversharing because one thing I like, I remember early on kind of, um, you know, planning my events being like, Oh, well here, instead of deciding to do this, I could let people choose. Um, mm. And I, it's not like, it kind of sounds nice. And I really believe in like, well, I believe in egalitarianism and I don't believe in it. So <laughs> there's that paradox I was talking about, but it's like, you're saying like, oh, I could give people choice. That sounds so nice. But then you realize it's like you're just outsourcing because you don't want to make a tough decision. And so yeah, you're, totally. like making, you're making participants do labor for you. Um, yeah. And so there is this thing of same with like the, the sharing. It's like I it has to be really clear for me that like I'm sharing um, not because I need something from you or I want something from you or expect something from you or that I want something to be fixed it's just so for me the sharing is like it's trying to break down the idea of what leadership is more than anything Mm -hmm. um 
because I think we we imagine that the person and especially like somebody like me or um, who I don't have a lot of I actually don't have much social anxiety. Um, it's very easy for me to speak publicly, which I know is like very not true for most people. Yeah. Um, and so it's very easy to look at somebody like me and be like, oh, my God, it's just it's easy for her. It's natural for her. Like she doesn't have to deal with what I deal with. Um, and so to to add it to like this list of reasons and stories why like somebody else can do something and you can't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I like to create it as a bridge of like, um, it would be so easy for me to not say that I was feeling the shame or embarrassment or like nausea or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you would just walk out of here thinking like, oh, she's great and special at this and I'm not. And so for me, it's like, the insight is there to let you know that like sometimes I don't want to be there and I'm showing up anyway. Sometimes I'm really scared and I'm showing up anyway. Um, Sometimes I think I've done like a shit job. Sometimes I think I've done a great job and other people think I've done a shit job. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just a million things and so much of leadership in the past has been this like put on a brave face. We're all fine. And then people think that they're just, categorically and constitutionally not the same kind of person to be a leader mm-hmm. um and it's to me there's like nothing further from the truth um yeah. it's kind of like you have all this baggage and garbage and not good feelings and you're just choosing to show up anyway and knowing that you're going to mess it up and and being okay with that um so I, I i do think there is such a thing and there's so many things that go into it your intention like yeah the needs of this just a million things yeah mm-hmm. I, I like that you named that there's a the bit of like not wanting to um, make your participants do labor for you yeah I, I think it's interesting like how often that happens I think without facilitators or leaders like knowing that they're doing that um, again just because they don't yeah they don't want to make a hard decision they don't want to make anyone be too vulnerable or whatever and, and there is you know being too vulnerable is also a thing in these settings you don't want to push people past their comfort zones if they don't want to go there but yeah to even say like oh we shouldn't do any of this at all because I might offend someone it's like you better offend someone like what are you doing (laughs) why else be here like push some buttons it's uh yeah it's like that's how action happens yeah Hmm. that's a really scary thing because I think um there there I mean fine lines I feel like is that's like the million dollar question or buzzword or whatever because I think that if if now has taught us anything well there's a lot of lessons but i think one of them is also just how much um how much bullshit and disingenuousness and um the emptiness in a lot of our spiritual communities and a lot of our like safe spaces like i never use the terminology safe space um yeah i don't believe in it um but i think you know like seeing how how like a lot of like liberal causes have been co-opted with like QAnon and like Trumpism and the spiritual bypassing that can be really rampant and this idea of like be vulnerable and trust. And it's like, that's, yeah, that's just terrifying to me. And I never Mm -hmm. want to be that person at the same time. I know that I, I will like, Mm -hmm. um, even if my intentions are totally aligned, like somebody is going to feel pushed in some way that, um, I may not have intended. And I think it's really important for us to honor that um, yeah. and to not like shy away from or run away from it. Um, 
and also to acknowledge like, hey, there has, there is, and there has been a lot of abuse in safe spaces. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's why I feel like, I think one of the scariest things that I experience is people who think I'm great. Um, it's like, that is what makes me want to run. Um, mm-hmm. I remember after, like, after I got pepper sprayed during the Black Lives Matter, I attended somebody else's authentic relating event, and I was Mm. really having a breakdown, and people were telling me, like, all these great things about myself, and I wanted to, like, rip my skin off, because I was like, I know you guys think you're saying something nice to me, but all I feel like is you're just building me up so you can tear me down. I was like, I'm not, I'm just a fucked up person. Like mm. I have stories, like I've, I've Karen stories. I've no, I've, you know, and, um, we're just, we're really flawed. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know what a safe space is. Like we have so, we have so much trauma coming in so many different yeah. shapes. And oh my God. Um, that when people say things like that, it just, it makes my skin crawl. Mm. Yeah, gosh. And also it like brings up for me just how, and I don't say this as a judgment because no one teaches us any of this shit, but just how unskilled we all are at like holding space and like, when is validation the right move? When is giving a compliment the right move? When is, uh, sharing your own story, the right move? And just (laughs) people have all kinds of things coming from all kinds of directions of like, Oh, uh, trying to relate to others in a way that is so often completely unhelpful. And uh, yeah, it's really, and and it is so nuanced and it is unique to each person uh, and, and no one is teaching us any of this shit. It just takes a lot of practice. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it kind of boils down to like, well, I mean, for instance, like me, like one of the things I believe very strongly is like, just because it's trauma or difficult topics doesn't mean it shouldn't be fun like I have a really 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 dark fucked up sense of humor and that's how I like to work with this stuff it's like yeah. I I can't just be sad about it. I like I need to make like ridiculous jokes about stuff that's incredibly sensitive and mm. I guess yeah somebody might walk away and be like oh my god what a what a bitch like she's she's awful she's a monster you know she does this or that um And it's like, I think there's this discernment, like, where's the line where it's like, where should we offer one another grace and like this understanding that like, oh, yeah, that might not be my way, but it's somebody else's way and it works and it works for them and it works for others versus that there are a lot of people who are genuinely trying to take advantage of their role, their leadership, their spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like, you know, my intention has certainly never been to to be abusive in any single way. at the same time, like if somebody comes to me and I, I make an off color joke about like that, I've, you know, had like suicidal ideations for a lot of our time, like where does that go? And it's, it's really scary to put yourself out there in this way. Um, especially when I think there are a lot of false idols and people pretending to say, I don't know, it's just, um, and, and having been like a victim of narcissistic abuse and seeing it a lot in these societies and being gaslit by it a lot, it's just, yeah. um, it's something that I'm like, and yeah, incredibly um, mindful and aware of mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And such a good reminder that like, we all just have such different ways of 
dealing with these things. And for me, I know I can be super judgmental of like, yeah, how someone else chooses to cope basically. And like, and one of my favorite coping mechanisms is being super cavalier of like, well, everything is shit, but who really cares? And like, I say crap like that all the time. And just, I can tell sometimes that it can really like put people off and I don't know, maybe I'm projecting or I'm just making, I definitely have my own stories about that even of like, I shouldn't be cavalier. That's not the most like woke way to deal with this. I should be like feeling everything super hard all the time. And if I'm, yeah, if I'm making light of these things, it's like not okay. Um, And yeah, that like being cavalier is a super valid coping mechanism the same way that like crying for three hours is a valid coping mechanism. And Totally, like 1000% exactly what we're talking about but then it's like then there's just this um like like kind of dangerous zone where it's like then like giving somebody the benefit of the doubt like mm-hmm. is this just their way it, and I mean being cavalier so crazy as I was gonna say like oh well, there's no way that being cavalier could be considered abusive I'm like I'm sure to some I, not to me clearly because that's like how I roll and I love that like that's probably why I was drawn to to you and but then like knowing that there are people who are really trying to do a lot of harm and really mm. so it's it's just um and it's challenging because I think part of the work that we have to do in these spaces is unraveling I think our 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 cultural norms are abusive, just yes. period, point blank. Um, and, you know, when I say that, I think people are like, oh, yeah, you mean like Trump? And I'm like, to me, uh, duh, obviously, yes. <laughs> but it doesn't, Trump is like an extreme end of the abusive spectrum. And even, you know, at least millions of people don't even think that. Yeah. Um, but there's just so many subtle ways that our society normalizes abuse on a constant and everyday way. Um, and so part of our work is to like dismantle that. Like talking about, I, I feel myself get like way down and overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. And even like, I've, I've noticed one thing, like I have just, as my confidence has grown, um, it's like this weird tension where I'm like, I finally have like shed so much of this baggage where I'm like, I don't think I'm, I don't spend a lot of my time thinking what a shitty person I am. And second guessing every word out of my mouth and like, yeah. there's just, yeah, all these things that I used to, um, to, just, to just put on myself and I don't have that. And I'm like, wait, does that mean I'm a narcissist now? Does that mean I'm this now? Is it, you know, cause like I like myself and I love myself and I think I'm great, you know? And yeah. it's like, and, and we're being gaslit so much of the time, but you know, like it's just in the news and on it, daily basis people who people who are the abusers constantly saying things like oh they're just playing the victim blah blah blah. yeah and it's like there's just so much distortion happening constantly we're kind of like trying to navigate something that's it's just so difficult to disentangle yeah yeah gosh it is yeah so layered so complex and and just like so hidden as you're saying like we don't even realize most of these things are in place and things at both the systemic level and even just yeah the ways that we're interacting together like on super personal micro levels well I could talk about this with you all day I want to be mindful of our time though and there are two things I want to do before we close one I want to I want you to tell all the people where they can find more information about you and uh, your community. And then I want to ask you a series of lightning round questions. Ooh, I didn't, oh. I didn't know there was a lightning round. That's exciting. Get ready. Do we like a roar shark test? <laughs> um, 
a verbal Rorschach test, yeah. yeah. Um, you can find me at www.abeautifulmess.org. Um, yeah, just make sure you do .org and not .com because <laughs> I think .com will take you to a crafting site, which that- may also be mentally very therapeutic. So, hey, if that's your jam. Um, but this is a beautifulmess.org and it'll have links to, I have a private confidential, as confidential as Facebook can be, um, Facebook group where I do, um, speaking of humor, I do a lot of like funny, dark, weird, fucked up memes, yeah. um, but all in the vein of, are you in the group by any chance? I think I am. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you would know that I have some really, yes, yeah. you would know my dark sense <laughs> In there that's so not for everyone but um there's a facebook page there's and the website has my email my contact my, my phone number um yeah so cool lots of those right on okay ready for your questions uh <laughs> yes let's do it okay also i say lightning round but you can totally take your time with this because they're actually like okay somewhat thoughtful questions okay First one. You no, know, that, that actually is a really big relief. I hate, like, even I got certified in vinyasa yoga and I hate it because it's too fast. So, like, I really yeah. like slow. I made a Great. joke out, but that really, that's a huge relief. Knowing I could be cool. Slow. We're doing slow. All right. First question What is something that most people wrongly assume about you? Oh, um, well, I come off as really like abrasive and sarcastic, and I am. Like, I'm very, um, like, loud and outspoken and opinionated. And so people don't realize I'm like the softest, mushiest, like puppy teddy bear. Um, I'm so cuddly and lovey and just like, yeah, I just want to like grab everyone and just, I, I mean, if I could like wave a wand, I would just do a worldwide like cuddle party. And like, this is how we're solving everything. So. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love that. My body like melts a little bit hearing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're so desperate right now. So desperate. Oh my gosh. Yes. Touch anywhere. Yes. Um, second question. What is something you would like to be acknowledged more for? Oh, oof. <sighs> yeah. It's kind of along the lines of that. I would like to be acknowledged for, for how kind I am. Um, and I don't, I don't want to mistake that with nice. Cause again, I'm not nice and I don't want to be nice. And I really want to stand up for shit. Love um, that. Yeah. And, and speak out, but I am like, I really do think I am, despite that I will tell you to fuck off to no end. If you mess with me or somebody, I'm also just incredibly kind and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, and caring and um and yeah my, my heart's just really huge it, it breaks constantly um mm. yeah I, I want to be acknowledged for how much I, I I do try not to hurt people I, I may do it all the time anyway but um I do put a lot of thought and care into yeah just like trying to be a, a person who moves in the world in a, in a way that's like yeah just appreciative and caring of others mm. beautiful uh, third question is, what do you think most people learn from you? Oh, um, you know, something that made me cry so much. Um, somebody gave me a note in a workshop I did um, that said that I was their courage battery and that they would um, think of me and plug into me when they needed more courage. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, I think people 
might think I'm not nice because I do really talk back and stand up and speak out against things. Um, but it's because there's so much fucked up shit happening all the time and I'm just not okay with it. And I do speak up and I have so many, particularly women, although not just women, tell me like, thank you for saying something. Thank you for not tolerating that. And thank you for shutting that down. Um, yeah. It's really hard when you're somebody who's outspoken and speaks up, especially as a woman, you are particularly prone to being gaslit and being told you're negative and yes. um, aggressive and all the shit. And so when somebody gets it, um, it means everything. And it's also a huge reason why I speak up is people knowing that they have the strength to, to speak up and stand up for themselves and others too. Mm. Fuck yeah. Yes. I have so much of that. Yes. A lot of women coming to me as well. Like, thank you for saying something and or being gaslit. Yep. That's the bitch. Yep. Uh, all right. And last question. What is one of your favorite questions to ask other people to help you to get to know them? Ooh, I actually, I have an answer for this because this happened like fairly recently. I even wrote an article about it. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Um, but my favorite was what's a challenge that, you've overcome. Um, it sounds like really deceptively, like not that exciting, but it got asked over like a business thing. And it was just, it kind of blew my mind. Like people had said, you know, things like I was bullied and like people did horrific things to me. And I started this anti-bullying mm. campaign or, um, more people had been like raped and started activism around that. And so it, yeah, it just seemed kind of like deceptively simple. I remember kind of like groaning when it was asked and um, the camaraderie that we felt at the end because of that was like, oh, I need to like rethink this and start wow. integrating it more because it was really beautiful. Mm. Oh, I love that. Well, Sasha, I'm so, I, again, yeah, I feel like there are so many rabbit holes we didn't get to go into in this last hour, but there's, uh, I'm so grateful that you took the time out of your day to, to sit with me and talk with me and definitely recommend this, this community to everyone listening. Cause there's, if, even if it's just for the memes, there's just so much good stuff happening in that, in that group. And yeah, so many good connections to be made. So thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this. I'm really grateful. I could, yeah, I could do this all day. This is my jam. So thank you a ton. I really appreciate it. All right, everyone, that is the episode with Sasha. I hope you loved it and enjoyed it. I have the link for The Collective Unknown in the show notes, as well as many links for Sasha to learn uh, more about her online community and the work that she does. So definitely check those out. And I will be back next week with another episode. I love you all so much. Thanks for listening.